This is episode 243. Are you sabotaging yourself because of low self-worth with Odysseus? Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for listening. I know a lot of you are listening under different circumstances. Many of you listen to me when you're commuting or when you're going for walks on the beach or things like that. And I know that a lot of that is not possible right now. So maybe you're listening when you're cleaning your house or emptying your dishwasher or actually just sitting and doing nothing and just listening. I think there's so much pressure sometimes and expectation to be doing so much. And if we're not multitasking, we're wasting time. But I just invite you to consider that you could probably learn even more from this podcast if sometimes you just sat and listened and didn't do anything else, didn't multitask, just actually listened as if you were in the session with me. And I want to thank all of you who have been leaving ratings and reviews for the show. That helps so, so much. It also helps when you hit the subscribe button. So please head over to iTunes, do that. It only takes a second to leave a rating and maybe, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute to leave a review, just sharing what the show means to you. I really, really appreciate that. Have another wonderful show for you today with Odysseus. I love that he's a Greek man. I'm married to a Greek man. (laughs) He's a great name and a great accent. And he brings up a topic that I think so many of you are going to relate to, which is self-worth, something that we talk a lot about on this show. And I talk at the end about how this ties into imposter syndrome. I'm going to be doing a upcoming group coaching call on imposter syndrome as well. The one I'm hosting tonight, if you're listening to the show on May 6th when it comes out, is on navigating uncertainty and dealing with expectation hangovers. So it's not too late to join us. If you go to christinehassler.com slash group, you can sign up, join us. It's only 20 bucks. And if you're listening to this after May 6th, well, then you can still go to christinehassler.group, sign up for future calls and get access to past calls as well. So as you're listening to this episode with Odysseus, consider... Do you have a habit of what feels like quitting? Would you say you're a bit of the black sheep of your family? Do you really, really want to do something? Like you really, really want a relationship or you really want a great career or something that you really, really want, but you just keep getting in your own way. And deep down, you question whether you truly deserve it. And finally, do you have a fix-it approach to personal development? You see an issue, you want to just fix it right away and move on. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Odysseus. Odysseus, thank you for joining me today. It happens to be your birthday as well, you told me, so happy birthday. How can I help? Hello, Christine. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for, for agreeing to the call and I'm really listening to your podcast uh, all day long since a couple of weeks now mm. and taking notes and everything. Uh, I have the feeling I'm a personal development, spirituality junkie. And my questions, I mean, as you say, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. So I think I have two main issues, but I think it's 
boils down to energy and how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is, yeah, it has to do with relationships. And the other one has to do with career and finances. Okay, let's start with relationships. Well, I broke up with my girlfriend like a year ago. We had like a really intense relationship. What do you mean intense? You fought a lot? Yeah, we fought a lot. And Were you very attracted to each other sexually? That's the thing. In the beginning, it was nice. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of lost interest and mm-hmm. I ended up cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she got pregnant, and a long story short, she did an abortion. Okay. And, I mean, I know that she really wanted the baby. Yeah, after that, I mean, we split, and but we still kept talking with each other for for a year, and until, like, last week, she sent me a message like, hey, I, I found someone else. Mm-hmm. And kind of, I, I felt like I read that message and I felt a really big tightness in my chest. Yeah, in your heart, yeah. And I was pissed at myself because I really think she's a, a wonderful woman. I thought a lot of times that we could be together and somehow we had a lot of things in common. But it feels like I wasn't ready. It feels like a common thread, basically. Like, if I watch my life, you know, quitting stuff very soon, like, mm-hmm. not really putting the effort and... Mm-hmm. And I felt like, yeah, same yeah. thing with relationships, the same thing with career. I want to interrupt you just for a second and point out a few things. You uh-huh. said that you're a personal growth junkie. So one thing you haven't uh-huh. quit on is yourself. If you really were a quitter, if that was really who you were versus this just being a protective pattern, which we'll get into in a second, you and I wouldn't be on the call today. You'd just be blaming the world, quitting the next thing, cheating on the next girlfriend, so on and so forth. So I really don't want you to identify as a quitter because part of your way through this is to be a lot gentler with yourself and a lot more understanding of yourself. Now, when we're understanding of ourselves, that doesn't mean we just give ourselves permission to do whatever we want. For example, if I was going to be kinder to myself and less restrictive in food and dieting, that wouldn't mean that I can just have a bag of potato chips for lunch and a tub of hog and dolls ice cream for dinner. It's not about just giving up. Being gentler on ourselves is just having an understanding of ourselves. And, and we'll get to more of that in a second. But first, can you acknowledge that you've been, especially lately, really committed to shifting and growing in personal development? Can you acknowledge that and be proud of yourself for that? I acknowledge that, <laughs> but I don't know if I can be really proud of that because I, I don't know, I'm, I have the feeling I'm, I'm going up and down. You know, I, it's not always like that. I know that this is my story and this is like something that I feel and I feel sometimes I'm like, okay, this is not so bad. And then, uh, then it, I, I come down again. So I'm like, I have the feeling I'm constantly battling with myself mm-hmm. and my limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. So is every other human. <laughs> so is everybody else. <laughs> so let's let's just go back a little bit. Let me ask you a couple of questions because I'm 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 already getting sort of what the pattern is here. So when you cheated on your girlfriend, was that the first time you've cheated on someone, or is that something you've done in the past? Mm, I think I've done it in the past. Okay. How do you think? Uh, to be honest. 
yeah, no, I did it. I did it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did it. Okay. So you've done a lot of things that, or at least several that you've mentioned that play out a pattern of low self-worth. So I am not in any way, shape or form excusing cheating or justifying it. But I do know that unless someone is pathological, has a sex addiction, do you think you're either one of those things, pathological or have a sex addiction? Uh, uh, I don't know exactly what that means. I do like sex, I have to say. <laughs> well, but... <laughs> so do a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go dive a little bit deeper into it, okay? Okay, please do. And what I feel, you know, I feel like what I would like is that, and this is it really it goes, it boils down to how I feel about myself in the mm-hmm. sense of I don't feel worthy of like having, I feel I don't have uh, feeling worthy of having a really healthy, loving relationship. Like, I, for example, I have this image of me having a beautiful, intelligent woman and that she has her shit together. I'm sorry for my expression. But I know that I have to be myself this way. And I know how a law of attraction works. And that means in order for me to attract this kind of person in my life, I have to be that person myself. So I have the feeling because I, if I dive even deeper into it, because I remember you go a lot, you go, you go deep with your clients about their past and their childhood. And I noticed a lot in myself that I felt always I needed to have more courage to be more of a man, you know. And I, I always experience a lot of fear, you know, fear of physical confrontation, fear of like, fear of rejection, criticism. And actually, that's very funny, fear of rejection, because I'm actually right now in a network marketing business and I, I have to deal with people all the time, like telling me no, Say like no, calling yeah. people. And I just wanted to have a little bit of my background. Well, thank you for giving me all that. And quite frankly, I already knew all that because the patterns that you're playing out, and I don't think you're pathological and I don't think you have a sex addiction because we would be having a very different kind of conversation. I think that you have very low self-worth based on things that happened to you in your childhood and the cheating and women, it's like anything for validation. So even something like network marketing, that closing that sale or getting that person to say yes, it gives you that temporary ego validation. Same with women, same with sex. It gives you a moment. It gives you a hit of feeling worthy. So I wanted to say that network marketing, actually, it wasn't about the validation, really. I really want to experience financial freedom in my life. And I've always been kind of at the limit. I was always been broke. Let me interrupt you. I'm not saying that you went after it, for the validation. You can say you're going after it for financial freedom. And I know that's what you consciously think, but the the pattern that I see playing out here and why you're attracting these kind of relationships, these kind of jobs, so on and so forth, is because you consistently are unconsciously testing whether you're worthy or not. And because there's such a strong limiting belief down there that you're not, you keep kind of bringing these experiences into your life that test your worth. And you can dream about financial freedom as much as you want and try many different businesses. But if inside yourself, you don't feel worthy and you don't feel enough, like you said with the relationship, it's never going to pan out the way you want it to. 
And so I'd like to talk about why you don't feel worthy. What happened in your childhood that made you feel not enough? I mean, the few things I can think of that, I mean, I have three brothers. I remember, I remember they, there were some times they, they didn't want me to come to the room and play with them. I, I wasn't feeling wanted. Uh, I remember I was, I was a kind of a rebel when I was a child. I was throwing chairs and then I was disappearing from the house and I was waiting for my mother to find me somehow. Unconsciously, I was waiting for my mother to find me. And also, yeah, I got bullied, you know, and I remember vividly those moments, you know, and I was really disappointed about myself not being a man enough to really stand up, you know, like a lot of times I felt like I wanted to to interrupt the fight or say to someone, hey, that's not cool, cut it out, and I didn't do it. So and that, I think, mm. that made me kind of feel small. Absolutely. I got sick when I was 11 years old. I have Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. And when I when I was a child, I went in and out of, in the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if that played a role. So yeah. I felt kind of I never really belonged. Yeah. So now we're on to something. So all this makes so much sense. You Were you the youngest of the brothers? The third. I the third. Four. Okay. So you had two older brothers. And you weren't the baby of the family. You didn't feel wanted. You would literally try to run away, testing to see if anyone would care, testing to see if anyone would come and find you, which is the way little kids, when they're questioning, am I worthy? Does anyone really love me? Often they do rebel or they do run away or do the things that that happened. Then that low self-worth went into school and you got bullied and teased And then, especially as a man, you didn't feel strong enough. So not only did you feel unworthy and unlovable just in general, then you didn't feel enough as a man and because you couldn't fight, which is why sex with women is something that is so, something that you're after and something that fills you up momentarily because at least that makes you feel worthy as a man in some aspects. And then we have the getting sick and Crohn's disease and most digestive disorders can really be traced back to having a lot of anxiety and not feeling safe as a kid, which makes perfect sense. So then you feel like you're broken in some way and you're in and out of hospitals and you don't belong and you're not doing all the things that the other kids do. So it makes perfect sense to me why you're feeling how you're feeling. And this goes back to- (laughs) This goes back. You're totally normal. Sometimes we just need someone to say that to us. So something that a lot of people do, especially men, because men like to fix things. All my male clients, they always want to, you know, we, we have a big aha and then they're like, but how do I fix it? How do I fix it? How do I change it? And that's a beautiful part of masculine energy in the male brain. But when it comes to evolution and really healing, the fix it mentality doesn't work so well because there's not a lot of compassion in the fix it. Because in order to have a fix it approach, we have to believe that something is broken. So if you consistently look at yourself like you're broken, like you're a quitter, like something's wrong with you and you need to figure it out, then you're not in compassion at all. And you're not giving yourself what you needed so much as a child. Acceptance, love, validation, patience, all of those things. So let me ask you this. As a child, 
what did you crave the most, especially from your parents? What did you want the most that you really didn't get? My father, like, he was working a lot. He didn't really pay a lot of attention to us, kind of. I didn't, I don't really know my father. I mean, uh, we are, I still live, I mean, I, I just came back from Germany. I live with my parents right now. With my father, I have a long, I very distant connection somehow. I know that he cares, but he's very distant, very kind of traditional man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with my mother, she's more, much more intellectual. We have better discussions. We kind of connect better. I cannot say. I, I mean, I, I think my mother loves me. You know, it's not like, I don't think she, and she said always, I gave you, I, I, I was loving you. I, I think I was the one that, he didn't feel the loss, you know, I think she did the best she could. Well, yeah, of course she did the best she could. But one thing that you said is, I think my mom loves me. You didn't say, I know my mom loves me. You said, I feel my dad cares for me, but he wasn't really around. So who knows what was going on? You know, here's your mom with a, an absentee husband, pretty much, and four boys. So she was pretty shut down to probably her femininity and she had to just keep things together. She probably had to go a lot into her masculine energy. And maybe that really loving, compassionate, open heart. And that's probably why you like my podcast is because there's a, a feminine mothering energy that you feel coming through that you didn't get a lot of. And this isn't making your mother wrong in any way, shape, or form. I too believe she did the best she could. And so did your dad. You know, you called him a traditional man you know, what does traditional man mean? Well, for most of us, it means a man who's kind of shut down and emotionally unavailable. That's the the old school masculinity. And what I feel from you in terms of your soul and who you are is you, in, in some ways, may have even been the black sheep in your family, the one who's the generational pattern breaker. You have yeah. more more creativity. You know, you're more sensitive. You don't really fit in with that Greek machismo, let's just punch somebody. That's the way we solve a fight kind of thing. And so you are different and, and, and you don't belong in certain groups, but that doesn't mean you don't belong anywhere. And so this is about you finding who you really are instead of trying to be accepted by, you know, a woman or a career or whatever it may be. And so you said that you've listened to the podcast. You've heard me talk a lot about reparenting ourselves. How do you think, and this is beautiful because, you know, we're talking on your birthday. How do you think in in essence you can be reborn and start parenting yourself in the ways that you never got? Because remember, your parents didn't really know how to parent a very sensitive, open-hearted, creative, visionary, loving, masculine, but a different kind of masculine energy than the traditional Greek prototype, right? So your parents really didn't know how to parent that kind of child. So knowing all that and knowing who you are, how can you start reparenting yourself in a way that you really need? I try to do a lot of work, like meditation, started listening to Muji and doing my sports. You know, sometimes I have a lot of energy and I'm super inspiring. And that, that is actually my, this is, a, this is a cognitive dissonance that I'm talking about. Like, 
I want to I have this image of my head being there coaching, inspiring people and, and helping them discover their full potential. And there uh, I feel sometimes like on the other side and, that, and I feel like the potential is there, but I, I, I have these obstacles uh, that are in front of me. And then I come to the, who am I too? Yeah. yeah. So cognitive dissonance basically happens because there's competing intentions. So you have this intention from your soul and from your conscious mind of being a leader, being a helper, being a visionary. Amazing, beautiful, absolutely incredible. And then you have another intention of how do I keep myself safe? How do I make sure that I don't get rejected again? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that's what keeps you. That's why you're going one step forward, one step back. The answer here is again, See, that stop-start pattern, which comes from competing intentions, that wanting to move forward but feeling like you can't, what that is because of is because there's an unconscious programming running of, no, we can't put ourselves out there. People won't understand us. We don't belong. We'll get rejected. So we got to stay small. Knowing that that pattern got put in place by parents who didn't understand you, who weren't super loving and available, kids who teased you, and then manifesting a sickness that made you feel like you didn't belong. That protective pattern isn't you. It got created because of what happened. So what you need to start doing is putting another pattern in place that makes you feel like you're protected that also doesn't limit you. And what that pattern looks like is parenting yourself and giving yourself what you need that you didn't get. And it's not necessarily meditation. It's not reading personal development books. All that stuff helps because it helps support the mind forming new neural nets. But really the key is to go back to that little guy inside who felt alone, who felt different, who felt not loved, who just wanted to be understood and talk to him and hear him and let him cry and let him journal and let him write and give him a voice. You can't find your voice as a leader until you find the voice of your inner child and let him speak. Because until he feels like he has a voice and he feels safe, you'll always feel like you're an imposter. That's why most people feel like they have imposter syndrome is because yeah. their grown up self is like, I have so much thing to say. And then the little kid inside is like, but nobody likes me. Everybody's going to reject me. Yeah. People think I'm stupid. So if yeah. you, if you yeah. want to be rid of imposter syndrome, you've got to give that little one a voice. You have to. Yeah, I want to. Okay. What do I say to him? First, you got to start listening to him. That's the main thing. You just got to start listening to him. I do listen to him. And he's like, he's a whining child. Okay. Well, that's not very nice. <laughs> So maybe he needs to he whine a little more and you need to hear him and you need not to judge him and you need to be compassionate because if he's just whining... Can I ask right? you something? Mm -hmm. uh, because you said what, you, uh, what we focus on expands. If I focus in there, then it's gonna have, I'm going to have more whining. I'm going to focus on the whining, then I have more whining. So let me ask you this. You wanted, when you ran away, you wanted your mom to come find you. If she had thought, well, if I go find him, he's just going to keep hiding again because I keep reinforcing the pattern. 
I'll just leave him be. I'll just not go look for him. How would that feel? Well, that would be heavy. Well, that's what you're doing to your inner child. He's crying out for you and you're just judging him as a whiny brat instead of really listening and spending time with him. Okay. So, okay. I have to be nicer to him. And I, to be honest, I did that. I went to that little child and tell, told him everything was going to be okay. Don't worry. And I'm doing this. I feel I'm doing this already. So well, maybe I need to do it more. You need to do it more and you need to do it without the expectation that all of a sudden he's going to change and let you have your career and the relationship you want. You have a lot of judgment against him. You need more compassion. And just know that as much as you want to be a different kind of man, you've still got the male conditioning that you grew up with. So you've got a little bit of that. Come on, don't be weak. Get it together. You've got a little bit of that running. And you've got to be mindful of that because little boys are very sensitive. And when they feel that, um, come on, you got to just figure it out, man up, they either collapse and go into insecurity and self-doubt, or they go into rebel. And I think you bounce between the two. Yeah, yeah, true. So slow down, talk to him every day, write to him, journal, allow yourself to feel your feelings, allow yourself to feel the sadness around being bullied, the sadness around having to run away just to get attention. Allow yourself to feel, the more you feel these feelings, it's Don't take the law of attraction too literally because it can sometimes make us think that we shouldn't do healing work because we're giving attention to it. But by not giving attention to the hurt little boy or little girl inside of us, we're continuing to hold it on the unconscious mind. So by giving it attention with love and compassion, that's actually the energetic we're attracting. So by giving your little boy attention when he's whining or needs you, you're not attracting more whining. You're actually going to attract things more that are in alignment with love and compassion and understanding and connection because that's the energy you're greeting him with. That's how the law of attraction works. It's not literal in terms of, oh, I'm paying attention to whining. I'm going to get more whining. It's energetic. I'm looking at the whining with love and compassion Therefore, I'm going to attract more love and compassion into my life. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. And yeah, I feel kind of frustrated sometimes that I feel like it's it's not working for me. You know, I feel like I'm 37 years old and time is running out and there's so many things I want to do. And like, this is like, uh, I, I feel it's slowly going, but yeah, definitely like it to go much faster. Yeah. I hear you, but that's where the law of attraction is correct. The frustration will be more breed more frustration. So this is where you have to move into acceptance. Be like, this is where I am right now. Because every time you feel frustrated with yourself, that little boy inside feels judged. And he's had enough of that. So gotta watch the judgment. Mm-hmm. Acceptance, yeah. compassion, time with that little guy. That's what you need. All right. Okay. You have any advice for me, like something specific? Or? Um, I think I've given you a lot of specific things, <laughs> but I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. That's that, that. That's that. Male, fix it. Give me a one, two, three, four, five, six step list, <laughs> which I get. I but I think <laughs> when you go back and listen to this, 
I would suggest expectation hangover or mastery, personal mastery, my online course. Those would be great for you, either one of those things. But the main thing is just journal every day to that little guy. You write something, he writes something back. Spend time with him. When you notice yourself being judgmental or frustrated, say, stop, this is not the way I'm going to talk to myself. And take a breath. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can do this. It's just, again, it's not a six-step process. It's a gradual mm-hmm. building of yeah, a new relationship. Patience. patience, love, understanding. It's a new way of being with yourself. All right. I'm going to give it a go. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Best birthday present ever. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Odysseus, for celebrating your birthday with me. I hope it continued to be a beautiful birthday. Thank you for your honesty and courage on the call. Love having male callers call in. We learn so much more about men when we have our vulnerable male callers. And ladies, I love you too. But we outnumber the men on this show, let's face it. So we need to bring in some more masculine energy. So let's break this down a little bit. When Odysseus first started talking, he told me about his last relationship that he cheated on her. She also ended up getting pregnant and having an abortion. Now, you may be wondering why I didn't go down that road more, down the ex-girlfriend, her having an abortion. I know he said he felt a tightness in his chest. And the reason I didn't is because, well, there's a few reasons. Number one, when he talked about the tightness in his chest, his first comment was he was pissed at himself. Notice that he went to that rather than sadness or even to a lot of compassion for her, which to me indicated a degree of disconnection. Now, I'm not saying he wasn't compassionate. I'm not saying he wasn't sad, but he made it more about him in terms of being mad at himself or not being able to show up as the man that he really, really wants to be. So that was a red flag to me that there was some deep self-worth issues. And so that's the direction I went with him rather than breaking down this past relationship because the past relationship and his behavior in it was merely a result of the self-worth issues that we were able to unpack. He mentioned he has this quitter pattern. Well, it's really not a quitter pattern. It's a protective pattern. And for all of you that use words like quitter, lazy, self-sabotage, all those kinds of things, please don't call yourself those names anymore. They are patterns and they're protective patterns and they think that they're doing you good. So you need to understand them rather than hate on them and judge them and think you just need to change them. And he's not a total quitter. He is invested in personal growth. He's really, really trying. He just has a part of him that deep down doesn't feel like he's worthy of anything. So he ends up sabotaging himself. That's really what happens. I also asked him if he could be proud of himself for the work that he's done. And he really kind of couldn't. He's got a lot of guilt. And he said that he doesn't feel worthy of having a healthy, loving relationship. So for him, cheating, and his last girlfriend wasn't the only girlfriend he cheated on, is a form of self-sabotage. He's not cheating because he's a bad person. He's not cheating, I don't believe, because he has a sex addiction problem. He's not cheating because he is just inconsiderate or incompassionate. No, he's cheating because he's looking for validation. He's chasing after women and career and looking for something outside of him to make him feel better. And Odysseus isn't the only one who does this. We all have done this or do this to some level. 
And also, because growing up, he wasn't accepted by his brothers. He was teased. He was bullied. He didn't feel like he was a good fighter. How he compensates for some of his insecurities as a man is to go out and get an ego boost or validation from women. So the thinking is, well, if I'm not this macho man, then at least I can feel masculine by going out and conquering a woman. I may not be able to fight men, but at least I can get a woman to sleep with me. So it's, again, feeding into that low self-worth. And also because, like he said, he doesn't feel worthy of having a loving relationship with where he is right now because he's so hard on himself, he just ends up sabotaging his relationships. So the cheating behavior is both sabotaging because of low self-worth and seeking validation also because of low self-worth. I also think the motivation for his career to some point is again, looking for that external validation. Now he pushed back a little bit on this and said, no, I'm doing network marketing, not for validation, but because I want financial freedom. However, what I think he's really looking for is self-acceptance, like really feeling like he's enough. And whenever we're chasing financial freedom, we're actually chasing the feeling we think it will give us. So he's got this sort of stirring sense of not feeling fulfilled, not feeling complete, not feeling whole. And maybe he thinks if he has a certain amount of money, again, that will fulfill some kind of wound. But if you look back to his childhood, he had a lot that happened. He didn't feel wanted by his brothers. He would hide and wait for his mom to come and find him. He was bullied and, like I said, disappointed in himself for not being able to stand up to other boys. And he had Crohn's disease and he never felt like he belonged. So, of course, he's going to be grasping for anything to make him feel like more of a man, to make him feel more confident. Now, he's also got the fix-it mentality, and I see this in all people, but especially in men. All my male clients will have these great conversations, breakthroughs, and they immediately say, how do I fix it? How do I fix it? How do I fix it? I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. There's a little boy in there who needs some compassion. Now, let's go back to the ex-girlfriend and the abortion and how I didn't feel like this overwhelming sense of compassion he had for himself or for her. We can't give to others what we don't give to ourselves, And he's not very compassionate with himself. You heard when I suggested he go back and talk to that little boy, he said, he's a whiny brat. Well, those weren't his exact words, but he said he's whiny and I don't want to give him attention because he's just going to whine more. But for Odysseus and for all of you, if you ignore that inner child, you're ignoring that inner child. And just like he wanted his mom to come find him when he was hiding, this little guy inside of him wants him to come find him, wants his attention, wants his love, wants his compassion. You know, the little boy inside him wants him to hear him and not just tell him he's whiny. Because maybe he's not whiny. Maybe he's sad. Maybe he's angry. Little boys are very sensitive. I see, you know, I have three nephews and I have most of my best girlfriends have had girls. And I have to say, the boys are more sensitive. They are. They're so sweet and so sensitive. And I feel like our modern day just beats this out of little boys and makes them like have to be manly and shut down their emotions. And, and in so many ways, it's often harder for men to connect with their inner child. But to all the men and women out there listening, you've got a little guy or a little girl inside of you. And he or she doesn't want the shut down old school masculine or the overwhelmed, unsupported feminine. It wants that loving, 
present parent. So I hope Odysseus spends a little more time with that little guy. And he also talked about how he felt like he was a bit of a black sheep of the family. You know, his parents didn't know how to parent his kind of masculinity. He was a more sensitive, emotional kid. That doesn't make him less masculine. Masculinity also includes being compassionate, being sensitive, being intuitive, being vulnerable. Those are human characteristics. So I hope that he can find a healthy masculinity that supports him in being driven and moving forward and having that problem solver approach, which is helpful in certain situations, but also he finds that masculine presence because that's what that little guy is looking for inside. He wants older Odysseus to just be present with him, to just say, I'm here, I'm listening, what's happening? So let's talk a little bit about imposter syndrome because that was another thing Odysseus brought up is that he wants to go out and be a leader and do all these things, but he feels not enough in some way. So imposter syndrome, and I'm going to do a video on this as well and another group coaching call. A lot of times what it can come from is having competing intentions. We've got this grown-up conscious self who wants to go out and help people and be a visionary and have a big business, but then we've got this younger part of us, an inner child or an adolescent who doesn't feel enough, who feels like they're going to get rejected, who doesn't feel safe, and so that holds us back. And that's why often we feel like we're taking one step forward and one step back. The final couple of things I'll say before we go into some takeaways is coming back to little boys and masculinity is Odysseus and so many men right now have to overcome a lot of the male conditioning. You know, sensitive little boys, when they don't get their sensitivities met and they're not encouraged to be vulnerable and emotional and express how they're feeling, they go one of two ways. They either collapse like his quitting pattern or they go into rebel and act out like his cheating pattern. And he's kind of bouncing between the two. So healthy masculinity is about finding that empowered place where you're not collapsing and you're also not acting out or rebelling or going into aggressive behavior. And then also the law of attraction. So remember the law of attraction is based way more on feelings than it is exact thoughts or actions. So him going back and listening to that little boy who he called whiny will not attract more whining. In fact, him going back and listening with love and compassion will attract more love and compassion into his life. So don't take the law of attraction so literally. Remember, it's energetic and it's about feeling. So if you want to attract more of love and compassion and self-acceptance in your life, then going back and talking to that inner child and working with love and accepting yourself more is definitely going to bring more of that into your life. So some takeaways for you. I highly suggest you doing some journaling with your inner child. And you can pick different ages. One night you can talk to the seven-year-old. One night you can talk to a three-year-old. The other night you can talk to a 14-year-old. And you can write, dear 14-year-old Christine, how are you feeling? And then 14-year-old Christine can write back how she's feeling. Sometimes when I do this, when I'm writing as my child self, I write with my non-dominant hand. Moves a little slower, isn't as easy to read, but I feel like it helps me access that part more. You can also look at a picture of yourself at different ages that will help you attune to it. Look at where imposter syndrome comes up for you and find that competing intention. There's a part of you that really wants to move forward and be seen, but there's a scared part of you that wants to protect yourself. So it's more than just feeling not enough. There's a piece or a protective pattern in there that's trying to protect you from judgment, abandonment, rejection, so on and so forth. 
Remember, little steps are okay. That's one thing I didn't say to Odysseus is that he's got to celebrate the little steps that he makes more and more and more instead of putting so much pressure on himself to take these big giant leaps and then call himself a quitter. Celebrate those little steps daily. And finally, if you want to work deeper with me on all of these things, come join me for Personal Mastery. It's my ongoing online course. You get monthly group coaching calls with me. It's six modules and we go deep. You will learn how to feel your feelings, connect with that inner child, shift your mind, change your behavior, deepen your spirituality, and become a more embodied human being. You can go to christinehassler.com slash mastery. Right now we have a $200 discount when you go to the checkout page. In the promo section, you enter the promo code HEALTH and you will see the $200 come right off. Also, we have a 12-month payment program making it less than $70 a month. Super, super doable. And you come into an amazing community as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. If you like this episode, please share it, post it, tag me so I can thank you. Sending you all so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehassler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehassler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.